0: it's margot tantow here welcome to windowsill chats a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious i am so glad you're here i've spent decades working with artists and being one myself i've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made how to put oneself out there and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Hello, listener. I am so glad that you're here today. I am talking today to Faggy Cobry, who is just a clever one. She is really all about creativity and kind of pulling it way back to when we were little and potentially told that we weren't doing it right. We get into that and a lot of other things. Figgy is an elementary school art teacher, and she uses a choice-based method called TAB, which is teaching for artistic behavior. For the past few years, she's also been involved in adult creativity, teaching mixed media and alcohol inks. But she recently went back to an old heart passion of hers, which is teaching early childhood teachers how to give children developmentally appropriate creative art instead of Copycat cookie cutter crafts. Now, this is a niche for sure, but it's a really interesting one for those of you who have kids or those of you who were a kid, which means all of us. Do you remember art in elementary school? And do you remember if you were inspired or told you were doing a great job or potentially told you weren't doing it right? Well, that's what this is sort of based on this whole thought. Faggy, for quite a while, as I mentioned, was helping women reignite their creativity through different creative processes and mixed media. But because she had found that maybe they didn't feel like they were creative, again, because somewhere along the line, they sort of lost track of that or were told they weren't. But before she got into that, being a preschool teacher and then director, she gave workshops to schools to help them give their students art that was age and developmentally appropriate. So as a result, Faggy has returned to her love of teaching teachers to teach kids to do art that will help make sure they don't become the adults who say, I can't even draw a straight line because what's the big deal about a straight line anyway? I myself like a curvy one. Faggy and I have a wonderful conversation and I think you'll find it super interesting. Without further ado, here is Faggy Copri. Faggy, thank you so much for joining me at the windowsill today. I'm so looking forward to this conversation.
1: Okay, great. Me
0: too. I'd love for you to start out by telling us a little bit about your own creative journey and your career as a teacher. How, how did all that come to be?
1: I started out uh, with a degree in early childhood education, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was a teacher. And what I really loved, what I really um, developed a passion for was having the children do art. It was very creative. I went to this school in Manhattan called Bank Street College of Education, and it's a very well-known, very progressive school. What I mean by progressive is not what they mean progressive today. It's a progressive in their education where it's like very non-traditional. And, and you know, they were very anti-copycat um, crafts, mm-hmm. you know. And I just loved watching what the kids were able to come up with. And that was just, it was a particular niche in this field that I really, I, I just loved. Then I got married. And I started having children. I have six. Oh, gosh. Great. And I decided I didn't want to work full time. So I stayed home. And But also on the side, uh, a pr- another love of mine was always photography. Mm-hmm. So I figured I can do that while I'm raising my children. So I started learning portrait photography. But the way it works in that industry is you don't, like, go to a school. They have, like, classes all over the world, like, you know master photographers will offer these classes and mm-hmm. i was off with my babies right <laughs> i went all over the place learning this and you know oh, i great. did that for many years and then um while i was still in photography i got really interested in internet marketing mm. and it was probably it was pretty much in the beginning it was probably in 2006 2007 it wasn't very popular and I had seen this course for how to make a business. And I, for some reason, I decided that my teenage daughters at the time would be interested in learning this. You know, <laughs> so I bought it for them, but they were not interested. So it sat on the shelf. In those days, everything came boxed and shrink wrapped, no downloads. And it was there for a while. And, you know, I said Uh aha, don't buy something for your children that they don't express an interest in. (laughs) So I said, you know what? It's here. I'm going to start looking through it. And I started going through it and I got really, really interested in it. And as I was learning, I wanted to start like a website. And they say that just the same way they say when you're writing, you know, write what you love, write what you know. They said, if you want to make a product, a, a, a website, do what you know. So I went back to my art, my Mm -hmm. art in the uh, early childhood years, and I created a website, a website, but I wasn't doing any art at the time. Mm -hmm. I was just making a website. And I, I ended up taking one course first with this fellow, and I had a consultation with him. And he said, you cannot have a website of art for kids if you're not doing any art with kids. Huh. So I started dragging neighbors' kids in and doing art. And then I was speaking to a friend of mine who was starting a um, a, a school, a yeshiva. You know what a yeshiva is? Okay. Tell, the,
0: tell the listeners just in case. Okay,
1: yeshiva is a school in the observant, uh, mostly observant Jewish community. A lot of times they're segregated by gender. Certain, it depends which group you are. Some of them are more co-ed. This was, you know, a girl's school that she was starting. Friend of mine that I had gone to Bank Street with. And I was talking to her one night and she had just started um, with a, a fellow. She had started a school and they only had like two very little grades, like nursery and preschool, kindergarten or something like that. And all of a sudden I said, you know what? I think I'm going to be your art teacher next year because oh, I, I need content. I needed content for my blog. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm going to be your art teacher next year. And she said, great, because she knew we were on the same wavelength. Right. So I... I became. I'm starting my eleventh year now with with that school. But so I became an art teacher, and I started adding content and and then at one point, I took another course. I'm the ultimate um shiny object chaser. <laughs> <laughs> I love taking courses. <laughs> uh, it's fun. So I took this course on marketing. My mm-hmm. um my course, and there was a very lovely woman that I was working with. My name was Marsha. And we were talking and I was talking about my whole philosophies about the reason why so many adults feel that they can't draw mm-hmm. and are so repressed with it is probably because of what happened when they were kids, they weren't yep. allowed to express everything was let's do this copycat project. Cause that became what art was all about. And right. they weren't allowed to. And so she said to me, she says, would you consider starting a website for adult creativity, and um, then you'll you'll tell people about their you know where they they went wrong, and then you'll kind of get them back <laughs> to their child, the children's website. I said sure, huh. I'm I'm open to anything, and I started doing research, and I started doing research on a creativity, and I kept coming across this term mixed media, mixed media art, and I was. I mean, I always loved art, but I I never really did anything enough with it. And I just mixed media, mixed media. It was just like I was fascinated. And I started taking books out of the library. And then if I liked them, I would buy them. And then I started buying supplies. You know, they're going down into a rabbit hole over there. And I started doing mixed media and art journaling. And then I started bringing in neighborhood ladies, come, I want to do a class, let's let's start a class. Right. And then I started this website, I started this website for adults on creativity. And so I was doing this for a number of years. And I got into alcohol inks. And I created online classes and alcohol inks. And I was like, was taking courses and starting all kinds of new things. I've always wanted so much just to be successful in what I was doing. And I joined Mm -hmm. a like really, really expensive coaching program over a year ago. And the problem was, I was a little bit nervous about it when I started. The problem is they really had never dealt with anybody in the art field. And Mm -hmm. I was like a little bit nervous about it, but they were so confident that they could help anybody. Mm -hmm. And after just paying a lot of money for about a year, I realized this just wasn't working for me. I really felt they, mm. they came with a guarantee. It came with a guarantee, but there was so much fine print there that if this didn't work out, so I, I lost that, and it was it was a very distressing experience. Mm. But at the same time, there was um there was a woman that's uh, pretty well known in the mixed media world. In the mixed media world, and you know, in that world, her name is Kelly Wynn. Mm-hmm. And I saw that she was starting a coaching group, and I said, "You know what? A coaching group. So I need someone who knows the area, this art, right. I never. So I had started a program called the non-artist's uh, way to creative. I don't know. And Reignite. I don't remember exactly what it was, but my angle was that I'm not really an artist, so I can help you if you want to, um, you know, dabble and have fun in art. So I. She was starting a coaching program, so I. I applied uh-huh. and we had a, a discussion and she didn't accept me. She uh-huh. said, "You're people are not interested in non-artists teaching art. They want somebody who's an artist. You don't have anything enough set up to be part of this coaching program. Because I'm working with uh-huh. people who have been artists for a while. She says, but I would suggest this, that one, two, three, go to Instagram, start a new account, do this and that okay, fine. So I I did it very quickly. I just made a very big switch. And then I emailed her a link. So she was very impressed. And she emailed me, said, you know something? I'm so impressed the way you took initiative and did this right away. I want to give you coaching. I want to give you just like two, um, two uh, coaching uh, calls. Uh Let's figure out where you want to go with that. So we got on a call. And she started asking me, she's very good, very honed in. And she Mm -hmm. was asking me all these questions. And she said, you are an expert in art and early childhood education. I hear what you're doing. I I see what you've done. You tell me about all these resources you have. Why are you trying to work with people who want to be artists when you're not an artist? And anyway, she told me she got me to go back to my old Love. Now, one of the things I've done over the years was I've given workshops for early childhood centers on how to transition from copycat crafts to creative, developmentally appropriate art. So as I was talking to her, I said, ah, we just had COVID where everyone was on Zoom. I can take this program and put it online and try to sell it that way. Mm -hmm. And that's where I am now.
0: So many people can trace back to my teacher said I didn't do it right or what's right. You know, and somebody was just telling me this just last week. You know, my teacher said I would never amount to be anything creative. And this is a, a creative person. But I think I think many people carry that belief that they're not creative due to those childhood experiences. And and how do you think how do you think these perceptions are
1: formed? So when you're very young, um, you know, like when you learn to walk, you're allowed to crawl. You're allowed to get up and make mistakes. You're allowed to learn how to walk. We have a very perfectionistic society. They want to see things that look perfect. Mm. So kids that start scribbling, maybe they're allowed to do that at three. But people expect kids to be able to produce things that they're not ready to produce. Mm. So when we tell kids that what they're doing is not good, and they should just copy what I do. It really doesn't make them feel very good. And it makes them realize I can't draw I will never amount to anything creative creatively, because mine will not be like, The Mm -hmm. teachers. I remember when I was in graduate school many, many years ago, I was talking to a cousin of mine and I was telling her all about my theories. And she Mm -hmm. said, you know something? I clearly remember being in kindergarten and the teacher holding up a project and me saying to myself, oh, mine will never look that way. Mm. So art is not so people use art to teach to teach. Mm -hmm. It's a holiday coming a um, season coming. let's let's show that. Art is supposed to be problem solving. Um, critical thinking skills, joy, relaxation, just making things. this I read a book called um, about, all about the handwork. I forgot it was written by two doctors, a uh, uh, Baron, Carrie, and Alton Barron. Baron. Um, it, it really, I forgot the name of it. It was something about creativity. Mm-hmm. But it was what they they talked about how creativity works better than therapy, it works uh, better than like for depression, for sure. anxiety, what it does for one. And starting way back, yeah, I you know I still get the most immense pleasure watching my students as they get involved and they're creating and they're doing their own things. I, I just love it. I, I love I love even when I was doing adults i love to watching what they can come up with.
0: Right. Well, it must be, you must be just the right teacher to have because I can't imagine, you know, with this thought process, you must be encouraging, encouraging them to think that they can do it. You recently developed this online program. How, how does it empower the kids and how does it empower teachers to incorporate art as a, well, a tool for teaching critical thinking or boosting self-esteem and kind of nurturing the thought that these kids can be creative and they're not trying to measure up how, how does that come together for you so
1: one of one of the big things is that not everyone is going to take to this right i right. Uh, you know there are people that are very rigid there's actually a um what i put into my presentation there's a, a well it's not so well known but among teachers it is uh harry chapin mm. of cats in the cradle fame yeah he wrote a song Uh, flowers are red and anyone who's listening, go to YouTube and listen to flowers are red. It's a a story about this, you know, this, I I think he wrote it about his own child, his own son. He went to school and uh, flowers are red, young man. And we no, he says there are so many colors in a rainbow and, The teacher keeps telling him flowers are red and green leaves are green. And then he keeps saying there's so many colors in the rainbow. And she puts them in the corner and she (laughs) squashes him. Yeah. And then finally he comes up at the end and he says, flowers are red and green leaves are green. Then he moves to another town and the teacher there was smiling. She says, painting should be fun. There are so many colors in a flower. So let's use every one. But that little boy made a flower in rows of green and red. Mm -hmm. And when the teacher asked him why, this is what he said. Flowers are red and green leaves are green. There's no need to see flowers any other way than the way they always have been seen. She crushed him. And so you do have, you know, I've given a lot of workshops. So I see you find people that just love it and they take to it and they're very excited. And then there are people that cannot change. They're just traditionalists. And they can't make that change. So I start out when I teach this, I start out by explaining the underpinnings. We don't, we don't use a computer without reading the directions, right? So we go to the child development experts who learned how children think, how they learn, how they develop socially. So we learn what they say, and based on that, we develop curriculum. The school I went to, Bank Street. Mm-hmm. that their whole thing is based on uh, child development. They've learned mm-hmm. how kids develop and they develop curriculum that way nice and you know so and, and then I, I you know I explain to them I explain to them how to do it and one of the big problems that people have is that things look messy mm. and they don't realize how what big advocates parents are when you explain to them, No parent is interested in their kid coming home with just the same project that everybody has and the teacher has done. They're really very, very open to hearing how this is going to help their child. But, you know, there are some people who are just, you know, they can't change. But the people who do change uh, get really, really excited with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you can use your creativity. You can figure out what materials you're going to give them to use. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. People can do this at home also Mm -hmm. with children, grandchildren. That's
0: true. I think it must be really interesting to have a group of people that you're trying to have to share this information with and see the ones that have a hard time letting it in.
1: Right. I, I, you know, I know that, like, I remember even many years ago, I wrote a, I wrote an article in in a magazine in our community called No More Copycat Crafts. Mm. I had a friend that called me, her daughter-in-law was uh, teaching and the, all the arguments her daughter-in-law was giving her, she, people just have a very hard time with it. It's very delineated, all these kind of copycat crafts. It's, it's, people just don't understand just allowing the freedom. But one of the things also, there has to be some kind of structure also. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know as an artist, sometimes structure brings creativity, right? Yes, yes, indeed it does. Yeah. If you have something, if it's if it's, you know, a blank paper is very threatening, right? The mm-hmm. Blank canvas. Yeah.
0: Sometimes it's just have- it's just about opening that tube of paint, but that's the hardest part
1: right but sometimes if you if you don't have an idea if you set someone tells you okay we're going to do something abstract and you're going to be using four different colors right that's already a framework to start right um and I and I think a lot of there are those kids I see in you know in my teaching there are those kids that really need almost no help mm-hmm. they just go to right. it there they have so much creativity and then there are those that really need much more of a structure but what I find that's very prevalent in throughout from little kids up through adults is that people don't understand that creativity and artistic talent are not the same.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, there
1: are people that that are born with artistic talent, they can pick up a pencil and they can draw realistically very young. There are also people like can sit down at a piano and have perfect pitch and can bang out anything on the piano. That doesn't tell you that you shouldn't take piano lessons or take any kind of music lessons. Nobody expects in the music world that you only are going to play music if you have that natural talent. But for some reason, in the art world, people think only people that have artistic talent should be doing art. But there's creativity. Everyone has creativity. That's and there's so many ways to do art and, mm-hmm. and have fun art and it brings so much to people's lives. It's not just for the quote unquote artists. I think that you're right. It
0: is such a, why, why has it developed in that way? I wonder, I mean, I feel like every single person has creativity. It's, it, it might come out in how you cook a meal or how you, you know, write something or how you speak out loud or whatever it is. Um, But you're right we we don't there's not a lot of slack allowed there it's it's just sort of oh that young child is picked out because they can draw in such a in a certain way instead and the other one is the other child next to him it might be feeling like oh I can't do it like they can and we and as adults we feel the same way we might take a class online or something like that and feel Oh gosh, I'm not measuring up. But we we put those expectations on ourselves as
1: well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: I think that concept of I'm not creative is something you know certainly many listeners uh, might relate to now or have certainly in the past. What do you think? Some advice or strategies would be on on how f- people can challenge that belief within themselves or within their kids, like the I'm not creative belief.
1: Well, first of all, I personally think that with adults, getting involved with mixed media Mm -hmm. was very uh, life-changing because it doesn't tell you that you have to draw a figure. You don't Mm -hmm. have to draw a still Mm life. You can do, you can have, and there's so many, so many courses and classes that there. There's so much free stuff on, you know, online and you use stencils and stamps and collage work and painting and you do it in a journal and it it, it's just it's so much fun and it's so freeing and it's so relaxing I I think that's that's really the best way to go which is interesting by the way about artistic talent is that um many years ago we had this painter in my house he was painting and they were doing these faux finishes Mm -hmm. And my boys wanted some kind of scene in their room and they decided they wanted space. So Mm -hmm. the painter sent his assistant into the room and he was painting. He was from Russia. And in his broken English, he explained to us that in Russia, they learn how to draw the same way they learn math and Hmm. reading and science. Because you can learn how to draw, you know. Do you, you know the the drawing on the right side of the brain? Yes. Right, mm-hmm. Betty Edwards. Mm-hmm. You can learn how to draw, but it's hard work. Yes. If you're dedicated and you want to do it, you can definitely learn how to draw. So it's it's just because you weren't born with artistic talent doesn't mean you shouldn't learn how to draw if you want to. Right. I, I have that in in my school also. I have to also just like as the kids get older. I'm actually starting, I work from one through six. And this year I'm starting with the seventh and eighth grade. I'm starting uh-huh. art journaling with them. Uh-huh. So we're going to be doing mixed media and art journaling. And I'm just going to like get it into their heads that they're creative. They're creative. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't can have, fun have with to it. know how to draw to be creative, but if they want to learn how to draw, they can, they can. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's work.
0: It's true. I've, I've I'm sure I've said this on here before, but I remember in my, college classes um my first year so it was kind of an intro to drawing class and it was hard but we drew every day and there was a football player in there and I feel like he had just taken the class because he thought it would be easy and he literally in the beginning could just draw a stick figure you know round head straight body two legs two arms and he really worked at it and that was such an aha for me to see this guy who was sure he couldn't do it at the end like really really be able to draw and and he would he surprised himself too and it was just it drove that home for me it's like yes really anyone can somebody who probably didn't even think he was going to take a class like this but thought he would skate by and he had to he had to learn it's pretty cool to watch
1: (laughs) art what's art it's not math not science but right it's
0: interesting that that this painter you had um had said in russia they were that was part of the curriculum in the yeah, same way that's
1: part of the curriculum and they learned how to draw it's, yeah. it's very interesting because he said everybody everybody can draw be, where his you know where he lived because that's was part. you could do math you can do reading yeah. it's it's very interesting um they I actually have you ever heard of the Monart method.
0: Monart. I don't
1: think no so. No more. No. So there's a woman named Mona Brooks. I was okay. into that for oh, a period of okay. time. Also, Mona Brooks, the Monarch okay. method. She right. has. Um, she has a book. She has more than one book on how to teach uh, kids how to draw. So she has a specific method, mm. but she's had a lot of success. Also, she has like a school where she trains people how to teach kids to draw. But it's like a very specific method, and again, the kids have to be. Interested because I see from my elementary school classes, some of them are and would go and plug at it to learn, but a lot of them they just want to have fun and be creative and paint and collage and like you know, all of that stuff. So they're not necessarily interested. Um, so in your
0: methods, how do you approach it with the kids? How do you, how do you,
1: okay, allow them so to play? I, okay, so I started. Um, this is my 11th year, I'm starting. Um, But after I went the first four years I taught, so I would do things very, um, very free. But I would pick what we're going to do that day. So let's say I'd say we were going to make a vase with flowers. Um, I would give them a lot of things to choose from and I would give them a lot of different uh, materials to make the flowers. But then I discovered a group on Facebook called Tab teaching for artistic behavior mm-hmm. and it's a choice based program. And I was really bowled over by this and I incorporated it into my class and, and this is how I teach now. So it's, it's, it's centers. Mm-hmm. So I start off by introducing drawing. And what I do is like, I, I used to do it only one week. And then the next week um, I only teach once a week. Um, each class I would, the next week I would do introduce collage now I started spending more time on drawing. So mm. I would, I'll like introduce drawing to them and I'll give them lots tell mail. I'll, I'll last year, I remember I had them do a blind contour drawing and then a regular mm. drawing. And then they had stencils uh, geometric stencils. They had to make some kind of an abstract um, with it. So I introduced a whole bunch of drawing concepts mm. and all the different drawing mediums, this oil pastels and gel pens and regular pencils and markers and, so then they know what's available. Then I introduce collage mm-hmm. and I give them a whole bunch of different coll- types of collage, collages to make. And I show them different collage artists and I introduce the collage center. And then I introduce painting and there's watercolors and, and tempera paints. And those are mm-hmm. the three main ones. But then we do fiber arts and we do weaving and we do wow. sewing and then we do printmaking. So what happens is eventually when they're all... All these the, um, centers have been introduced. I try to work with them how, how you get ideas. Like part of the basis of this tab is like, what does an artist do? How do they get their ideas? Some kids are not really so interested. They just want to play kind of. I'm going to be working on that more this year in terms of really focusing them more on that, like how you get an idea. And then what medium do you mm. want to use to portray it and then they choose this one's working on you know a pillow this way or embroidery and this one's mixing paints and it's it's a very exciting place to be
0: oh my gosh it sounds very exciting and and having been introduced to all those different methods techniques you know to, to have access to that as as a possibility to create into must be really fun then If you give them that one project and they can they can pick, then they're not copycat. Then they're not being forced into something. They're leaning into it.
1: You know, one of the the well, one of the most popular centers is construction. It's Mm. cardboard construction. Oh yeah, the kids you can't even imagine the things that they make. You know, two two kids last year made this little art studio Mm. with little things of paint and easels and it, it's just amazing they'll they'll make these level you know few level homes with ladders and bunk beds and wow. it's really it's 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 just amazing so that is that is actually one of the most popular um centers oh, um but fun. because also there it's more focused they can figure out what to do I like I said I have to still like in terms of painting I find that the kids will just pain and and even if they're getting older I have to you know every year I take inventory of what worked the year before and I do something different mm-hmm. I, I make some kind of changes and this year I'm just particularly thinking about in terms of having the kids focus in more on taking their idea from here to there. Yeah. must be really
0: interesting too over the past 11 years to just see how if you if you can take make moves every year from what you've learned just what you've developed and and the changes you've seen in that amount of time in in the yeah. how kids embrace this thought right of I also
1: I'm working with the same kids so I, I get right. to know them and I and I, I like I was thinking of there was one kid that I feel like she's a real success of mine she's going into seventh grade now but I remember in fourth grade her talking about I'm so not creative and she was in fourth grade Huh. And I remember this year she like accepted challenges and sh- I saw that she felt good and confident about herself. And this was, I said, that that's a, you know, a real win. I really, mm-hmm. you know, makes me feel really good when I see how kids uh, listen, I, you know, I have parents telling me whenever I meet them, how their kids just love art and it's the highlight mm-hmm. of their, of their day. And my um, my principal who went to school with me knows how important this is. So she's a real advocate. And like, sometimes you have all these therapists that are taking kids out. They know they're not allowed to take them out of art because she appreciates how vital it is to these kids.
0: Oh, wow. You should feel so great about that. (laughs) That's wonderful. You know, um, just as an advocate for creative education, what about the broader impact of integrating art into various aspects, other aspects of learning, you know, is, do you feel like they take some of these lessons they've learned forward into other subjects and into their life kind of beyond the classroom? Cause it feels like you're, you're really arming them with the ability to make
1: their own choices. Yeah. So there's, you know, I remember when I was in graduate school, I read a book. I don't remember the name of the book, but it was the woman who wrote her, her name was Sybil Marshall. Mm. And she she worked in like this one room schoolhouse um, somewhere in middle America. Uh And I remember her her talking about having art take over the whole Mm. curriculum and Mm. how integrating it. I know John Dewey was a very big believer in this. He's one of the psychologists I teach about. And he was very big believer in how important it is to learn by doing Mm-hmm. Um, not just abstract and rote and how I- integrative learning. And there's an approach called the project, um, approach, I think in, in early childhood, which also it it does this, I, you know, it just tying everything. And I remember when I was in Bang street, Bang street is not just a a, 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 graduate school. It's also a, um, it's a, it's an elementary school mm. and oh. it's kind of lab, <laughs> So you could learn and then you can go see what's going on there. And I just remember one of the big things, this was a long time ago. (laughs) This was in the (laughs) eighties. And I remember, um, they had something, they had a market theme they were doing. So they were going to the market and they were buying the vegetables and the fruit. And then they were coming home and they were setting up the market. They were, um, selling it to the other kids they were learning math from it. They were, they were building the stalls for it. They were making pictures. It was, everything was in one. There was math, there was science, there was right. art, there was reading. That That's what real education is. Right. It's so sad that most of us don't have that. Did you ever see this? Um, There's a very famous TED talk by Sir Ken Robinson. I don't think I did. Do schools kill creativity? Oh, I it, yes, uh, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. That's a, you know, that he he wrote a number of books, you know, no question that schools kill creativity. And that's, that's for sure.
0: I, I agree. And, and, you know, I just think so many of us, so many people I talked to even here were saying like, I didn't think I could, or, you know, what comes after that where my parents thought I should have a more well-rounded education or do something where I could make quote unquote money from, as you're saying it at the same time. And (laughs) That's another misconception of, I mean, of course. And I just think it, it sounds like what you're teaching is the ability to make choice and and have fun with it. Like those kids that are building the little, you know, art studio set and the cardboard houses at another school, they might just be painting the same picture as everybody else. Copy this, right. you know, and and thinking, oh, okay, but instead, they're they're dreaming up themselves, and they're probably so excited to get to school tonight, the next art day, and work yeah. on it.
1: Right, and they're also collaborating. Yes, and they're working yes. together big you know. time. That's a big one.
0: Yeah, I mean, my kiddo is 15 now, and he will say, "I'm not creative," but I, we just came across a bunch of his notebooks from when he was little that he did all sorts of drawing in, and he. Nobody was telling him not to, and he wasn't telling himself not to. And I just, you know, I right, wonder he's when probably that.
1: Thinking, I really think that people think creative is artistic.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. that's that's really what people, you know, if, I'm, if I can't draw, I'm not creative.
0: Do you have this conversation with, with kids at all, or do you just do it by showing them and have the conversation well, with the teachers?
1: <laughs> well, what I do sometimes is like, if they complain about something, I'll tell them, do you know? That most other schools, all they do is hold up a picture and they say No, because what yeah. happens is once in a while, I'll have them. Let's say last year, everyone had to make a landscape. Okay, it didn't have to be done in in x amount of time over a number of months, and then I was hanging them in the in the um, in the hallway. So I do teach certain concepts. So I taught, mm-hmm. I taught, uh, you know, here, near, far horizon line, you know, I taught some basics and then they were allowed to do their landscape in any medium. They could do it with painting, watercolors, tempera, collage. And then I would have kids that were complaining because they're used to just being able to do whatever they want. I said, do you know if you were in another school yeah. All you would do is copy what the teacher says. Don't complain. I'm asking you to do one thing, and I'm not even telling you exactly how to do right. it. Right? I just no. said here, so. near and far.
0: Exactly. That's so. I remember walking through Cooper's Elementary School, and and the art teacher was so excited, and and we as parents thought, oh my gosh! But there was the Kandinsky week, and that you know they would study different artists, and they would have to copy that artist's work, and. And
1: what? What's that? Copy exactly with the date because sometimes I'll have as they could. Okay, so I used to do that, but it was more like this is the style. So like, there's a there's a artist, a Reggie Laurent, I think, and a Reginald. He's called Reggie Laurent, and he has Mm -hmm. these. uh, I would only pick people like Kandinsky or him uh-huh. that are very abstract. And he 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 would make these colorful shapes and then paint all around. So it was it was fun. So if it's something that doesn't have to be exactly the danger is right when you have to copy this. And if it's right. if it's not the same, if you're just copying a style, right. That could work. It depends on the teacher. You right. know what I and, mean?
0: Right. I do remember feeling like she they liked the class the kids liked it and um that it was fun to see what they did you know and it wasn't uh-huh. so much like it was interesting because it was people like kandinsky you know so that that i thought was was cool and and you're right as long as it's as long as whatever and you're doing is right no matter how you're doing it you the the kid creating it instead of no it's wrong you didn't do it to look right. this way i feel like the that's the to have kicker choice.
1: The kid has to have choice and they have to know that, you know, there's a lot of ways to do things and there's not, there's no one right way
0: right. just,
1: you know, and if you can't draw a face that looks, you know, exactly, that's fine. That's okay. Right. You want to learn how to do that. You could work at it. And then, you know, you, that, that could come, but.
0: Right. I remember I was thinking back. So like one of them was um, a Wayne Tebow pink, layer cake like a like uh-huh. looks like a wedding yeah, cake in a- this m- wall full of big mushy pink cakes it was pretty it
1: oh, so was pretty much the same yeah that's famous <laughs> yeah. cuz he has these uh yeah i know he has these uh <laughs> you know uh painting that these cakes like that right but, right right so if everybody's trying to copy the same that i i have a hard time with that i you know, some-
0: i agree with you i haven't really thought of it in this way but i just i don't know as a creative i i want to put my own stamp on things and i think as kids If you realize that you can, that that you'll take that with you into adulthood, hopefully.
1: You know what? And if you develop a confidence in it as a kid, then when you have to, let's say you want to go and learn some more skills. Right. And if you have to copy something just to learn those skills, it's not going to, um, what's the word? It's not going to depress you. It's not going to not repress you. It's going Mm. to just teach you those skills and then you'll be able to move on. And just you'll be able to use those skills that you learn from, let's say, learning. Um, I I remember reading about how these uh, art students would have to go into museums and copy the old masters, right? Right. Because they were just learning the skills and the darks and the lights. And by copying them, there was something that they were learning. But, you know, in the end, they had to go and do their own thing anyway. So it's all kind of like a, like a tool. Well, I would have to think
0: too, that this kind of problem solving collaboration method, um, as these kids are problem solving in other areas,
1: a hundred percent, they take these tools with them. It really does. It really spills over. It spills over because you're teaching them to think. It reminds me of a story. I had a woman consultant many, many years ago and she's when I was first learning, she I was, you know, uh, one of these uh, educational institutes that was helping out the school I was working in. And she was my uh, consultant. And she said she she was once um subbing in a second grade class and she had some time. So she gave them some art supplies and she, you know, let she'll give them some time to create. She went back to her desk and after a few minutes, she realized it was really quiet and she picked up her head and nobody was doing anything and she said what's going on and they said you didn't tell us what to do you know you don't you don't you don't find that that much in the school that I'm working in the kids are more creative because they're trained that they can do it and they they have mm. the skills to be able to create and they have the creativity and it's um it's very empowering i mean i love it and it's empowering for the kids it's funny because i have to i <laughs> It's I, and I almost have to wait until they get older for them to tell me like what they right. really gained from it. So like yeah. I made a mistake last year, like I was starting my program and I wanted testimonials. So I figured, let me let me talk to the kids. And I said to the sixth graders, so what did you gain from it? So one kid said she learned to be a scavenger, you know, because I, <laughs> <laughs> because I collect. I had somebody giving away. I I just got rolls and rolls of ribbon and yarn, and you know. So that's what she learned. I said, you know, then someone else. I learned how to make a landscape. I realized they're not sophisticated enough. They're not right. old enough to really see what they gain from it. So I guess I'll have to wait until they're adults. Well, <laughs> what a gift you've given them! It's pretty, pretty fantastic. Yes, I, I do think, yeah, I, I really do think that. I I really feel that.
0: For people okay. listening to this who are thinking about their own kids, or maybe some are teachers, but for certainly we can think about our own creativity. But if if people listening have kids that they think, oh, like how can I do this for my own kids? How can I instill some of this thought and and different situations? What would you recommend? How how well, can they I, learn I more? To
1: have, um, I have a website that I've had for years. It's called eduart for kids, E D U number four kids.com and i have a lot of a lot of um art activities on there i mean i have you know most I'm, I'm selling on that site i'm also selling this program which is eduart for kids slash beyond but that would be more for uh directors and it's really not just for directors and early childhood uh, or principals if somebody but it's it's more of an expensive program so for mm-hmm. schools so but if somebody wants to you know, do something like that, because it comes with what, one of the things, this program that I created is it starts off with an assessment. I talk to the director about what their school is about, you know, how far along what they've done. And then I tailor make a, a slide presentation for them uh-huh. in Canva. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I give it to them. They could show it to the school whenever they want. Uh, then I have a follow-up after they've implemented these things, they can ask the teacher questions and i you know will answer them but then i've also been creating an art activities hub so nice. how to do this so i have different courses in the hub you know nice. process only art activities and art education the holiday art you know like things nice. where they can go back and say oh okay i want to do this how do i fill this in nice you know so that that's what it's it's i'm pretty much in the beginning of it i'm just starting with it but um yeah i still do in my area i live in new york so i still mm-hmm. do in person, I have a you know a workshop I'm giving next week in a school, nice you know to teachers. School is just starting. I know it yeah. probably started a while ago in Seattle, right?
0: No, so, it hasn't. Even, no, we're late here, which is oh nice.
1: because I my daughter lives in Columbus and mm. Ohio, and her kids started school already two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> <So it's
0: laughs> no, we're a little part. later here, but it's all about that. It, it is, and I'm I'm glad you have this website because I love how the trees y'all have to look plus it'll be on on the in the show notes where it shows the copycat trees and the then the total creativity trees I love that
1: right that was oh the one that thing that's on my website that was actually from a workshop with teachers because when ah. I do in-person workshops I I give them both I don't always do trees but this was okay this is how a regular copycat teachers uh, would give that and they all make the same. Maybe I give them different color paper for the background, and they say, "Now I'm going to give you pictures of trees, and I'm going to give you all kinds of material. You make a tree. I'll say you make. You can make one tree. You can make two trees. You can make this kind of tree, that kind of tree, and they go to town. And it's uh, you know, it's it's, it's exciting. I uh, love watching even adults doing that.
0: Just hearing how you how you frame it in that one exercise is really helpful just to see kind of the difference that that can look like right. I love that. How do you nurture your own creative process?
1: so for a while, when I was very heavily into adult creativity um i was a I was doing journaling, mixed media journaling i have I have a stack of journals where I've done a lot of things. With it, I was into Alcohol Links uh-huh. for a period of time. I really fell fell in love with Alcohol Links because what happened was, when I was looking through it, it, it what I would go through the my webs um, my library. I live in an area of New York called Queens, right? Uh-huh, so there's like uh-huh. a lot of libraries all around. But if you go nice. onto their main website, you can order. It's probably like this in other places too. You can order any book you see from any branch, and they'll yeah. send it to your branch. So I, I would that. go in and just look for books on mixed media and i came across this book on alcohol inks and i went whoa what is that and i ordered the book and i i just was mesmerized and i ended up buying the book and then i got really into alcohol inks and alcohol inks is you know i i actually have i don't really do anything with it anymore but when i was trying to get into more of the adult creativity i created this um short mini course on like kind of taking people back to basics mm. it's on creativityreignited.com i don't i'm not okay. really doing anything with it but it's still there if anybody's interested in um you know in in it, it's just there's like a, a, sh- a short course on drawing and collage and painting trying to like, just get people um loosened up and start um nice. creating again. yeah um Anybody's welcome to go uh, get that. I I love that. Harass you with anything because
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's the hardest part. A friend of mine who um, is an artist who I've worked with uh, for many years. She has. I just noticed on her Instagram this morning a video of her going into her studio, and instead of so many that we see where it's somebody painting something, it (laughs) the video was her walking past her easel, looking at her paints looking at her blank canvas and just, it was that whole, I had to watch it a couple times. Cause I, it was that whole, like, and she's Close calling, the, she's calling it new beginnings, but it's like, where do you start? How do we start? And it feels like what you've developed and what you were working with is just a multitude of ideas to get you started. And, and as kids make you understand that you are creative and as adults, hopefully remember what that felt like.
1: Hopefully, because a lot of times kids, a lot of adults didn't get it as kids. A lot of adults didn't have the opportunity. Some people always say, go back to your childhood and paint the way you did as a childhood. Many, many adults were not allowed to paint that way. Their parents didn't want the mess. Right, right. You know, their teachers didn't like it either. You know, so there's lots of people that didn't have that. It's never Uh too late no it's not it's not
0: oh. so where can people find you besides your website which we mentioned um edu art for kids
1: it's all edu art for kids i'm actually going to learn how to do linkedin because i think people that are into education are probably more on linkedin than on instagram yeah, yeah. um i'm on pinterest also okay. um, i think it's um my name i think it, it has my name f-a-i-g-i-e but it could be under Art for kids also so it's all Art for kids wonderful um and if you want to go get my mini course creativityreignited.com that was great i'm not really so involved over there but you're welcome to go get that course
0: that's wonderful and with six kids and great i'm you Mentioned grandchildren, Grandchildren, you must have opportunity to play with them too, and that must be a whole lot of fun.
1: Well, I I really do because I have one of my children lives upstairs from me with four of her kids. So So (laughs) you're surrounded. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's great. Well, tell me who's inspiring you these days.
1: Who's inspiring me? I'm in this group now. Um, so I'm in this coaching group. Oh, so what happened was after I met with this Kelly Wynn Uh and we She sent me back over there. Right. After I got my whole vision together, she invited me to join her coaching group. Oh,
0: interesting. (laughs) Oh, that's a good full circle.
1: She's Yeah. So she said, I see you're ready now, but I'm the only one in education. Everyone there is artists. They're all artists and they're all um, uh, developing courses. So one is doing, there's a woman from Iceland. There's a woman from, I think she's from France. They're... Wow. And and they're all developed. One is doing uh, did a did a a launch recently on this course on flowers. Another one's doing something on landscapes. So a lot of it is like mixed media. There's a woman, Ro- Robin Robin Marie mm-hmm. Smith, I think her last name is. She's a very well known mixed media artist. So it it's in that field. So I'm getting very. I haven't. I've I've been so so busy with this new venture yeah. that I haven't really been. um, doing much myself. But I just met a woman outside today. She said, are you starting art classes? Again, I really would like to join. I said, in a couple of months, I'm going to, you know, reevaluate and I'll see if that works and reconnect with the people who want. I had this for about five years, I had this group of women, like seven women. Some came, you know, two women, four women. And we came together and did mixed media art and art journaling. That's great.
0: Well, you're making a difference in a lot of lives. That's, that's a very positive, creative thing to be yes, doing I'm for trying. sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm so, so glad you reached out and that I hope you listening are thinking about creativity and artisticness in a different way. And if you have kiddos or you work with anyone, even yourself, to push yourself to, to think about it a little bit differently. Thank you. Heidi. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Sell Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.